nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. Takes a three. In and out. Rebound. Payton. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and we welcome you to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana with you. We hope to be getting Gary St. Jean connected shortly. I'd like to let you know that the Warriors 2023-24 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. As always, taking your calls all hour long, 888-957-9570. Again, that number, 888-957-9570. A lot to get to this week. We will start with All-Star Weekend. And, you know... When I was in school and we had to peer review stuff, our teachers would tell us to to do a compliment sandwich. Start with some good, get to your constructive critiques, and then finish with some good. So we'll do a compliment sandwich for All-Star Weekend. So let's start with the good, and we'll start with the best, because Steph versus Sabrina was awesome. The three-point contest between Stephen Curry, Sabrina Unescu, the Bay Area native who is with the New York Liberty Player College Ball at Oregon, and if you ask me, would have won the NCAA championship her senior year if COVID didn't cancel it in 2020. That's how good that Oregon Ducks team was, and all because of her and Satu Sabali. But they were both incredible on Saturday night. You know, Sabrina's 26 would have been good enough to get into that tiebreaker that had like four guys in it already after their first round. So that 26 was just on par with everyone else. And she started out on fire. I mean, I think she was nine of her first ten. Looked like she was really, really going to put a scare into Steph. And she ended up putting a, a big scare into Stephen Curry, that's for sure. But Stephen Curry was spectacular as well. 29 for him. Clinched it with the second-to-last shot. So it really did come down to the wire. And this is kind of what you've been hearing from anyone who, who's talked about All-Star Weekend, that this was by far the highlight of All-Star Weekend, Steph versus Sabrina. I, I loved it. There's a lot of talk about them doing this again. And look, next year the All-Star Game is going to be in San Francisco. I've heard the idea, and I'm sure you have too, Steph and Clay against Sabrina and well if Caitlin Clark decides to to come out and play in the WNBA she does have one year of eligibility left so she could come back to Iowa but that would be an awesome you know kind of a, a, an awesome quartet battle if you will or maybe you mix it up you go Steph and Sabrina you know the the Bay Area legend with the Bay Area kid versus Clay and Caitlin there's some not quite alliteration because Caitlin spells it with a C but you know the sound I guess uh, so you, you could do something like that there's also talk about it being done at WNBA All-Star Weekend which I wholeheartedly agree with I think it would be great to kind of do like a home and home right so Sabrina went on the road to Indiana for the All-Star game and uh, for the NBA All-Star Weekend, now Steph goes on the road. I believe it's going to be in Phoenix this year, hosted by the Phoenix Mercury. So Steph goes down to Arizona and takes on Sabrina Ionescu for another three-point contest. I, I think that would be great. So that was all fantastic. I always enjoy the, the, the normal three-point 
shootout as well, won by Damian Lillard, another Bay Area guy. He's won it back-to-back years. So that's the really good stuff. Now let's get to the bad, because the game itself was a snooze fest, and literally for me a snooze fest, because I watched it on DVR, because I didn't want to sit through a 30-minute intro and just completely devote my Sunday night to it. So I watched it on DVR after I was uh, done having dinner with neighbors and and that kind of thing, and I, I literally started falling asleep during the third quarter, and you know... I think, I guess on one side, it's cool to see a team score 211 points. Like, that's kind of cool. It would have been nice if uh, it came with a little more defense involved. It got me thinking, like, when was the last time the All-Star game was actually competitive? And I can't remember the first three quarters of the 2020 All-Star game. And to be honest, I can't really remember much of any All-Star game recently because they haven't, A, haven't been that memorable, and B, I don't really store a lot of room in my head for games that don't count for anything in the win-loss column. So exhibition games, I I just kind of take a pass on, but I do feel compelled to watch the All-Star game every year. And I do remember the fourth quarter of the 2020 All-Star game right before the world shut down, just you know, three weeks after Kobe passed because they used the Elam ending, and, and it really created some some good competition in the fourth quarter. Guys really seemed to start to care in the fourth quarter. I believe it ended on an Anthony Davis free throw, but it, it was it was a really really intense finish to you know what otherwise has become kind of not that entertaining of a game, and, and that's putting it politely. I mean, you could even tell Adam Silver at the end of the game, he, he hands the trophy to Giannis. He's like, Giannis, your team, Houston Conference, set the record for most points scored in an All-Star game. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, just the, the resignation in his voice. And, and there was really a big kind of uh, an effort from the NBA, the NBPA, uh, veterans of the NBA, the the legends of the NBA, to talk to the players who were going to be involved in this year's All-Star game and get them to really compete this year. Unfortunately, that did not happen. So that's, you know, that side of it, from a fan's perspective, it's really not fun to watch. From the player's perspective, I'm not sure I really blame them because... It's a, I have a hard time, even if the game was competitive, I have a hard time getting up for games that don't count in the standings. And I think Anthony Edwards, he's taking some flack for these comments, but he's not wrong. He, he's talking about it being an exhibition, and as a result, guys don't really want to try too hard. I, I think the exact quote was, it's a break from competition. And he's right. Like, why should they go super, super hard when there is not a ton on the line like and i'm not saying you make it like the old major league baseball all-star game and you know determine home court advantage through one exhibition that that's not the way to do it and i understand the professional kind of the professionalism of hey fans are paying their hard-earned money to watch this game but i personally have a tough time like i never watched the pro bowl i haven't watched the major league baseball all-star game in maybe 15, 20 years, probably longer than that. I, I haven't watched the NHL All-Star game in I don't know how long. I, I'm just, it, it's great for the fans, like, but for me personally, when I'm watching a bunch of different sports, when I'm, I'm calling a bunch of different basketball leagues, I focus on the games that count. And like, 
quite honestly, like this game doesn't count. But like the All Star Weekend itself, there's there's a lot of good things that come along with it. I'm really looking forward to All Star Weekend next weekend. I'll get into one of those reasons why next weekend, next year, I should say. But it, it's just kind of been uh, obviously the last couple of the last decade or so has has been tough. And we are joined by Gary St. Jean now on Warriors Roundtable, and, and say, I know I covered a lot of ground before you got on the air, but what were your thoughts from what you saw this weekend in Indianapolis? Well, I, I can't take the other side and come up with a good debate for you. Uh, I'm in agreement with you. You know what I love now? Uh, my favorite thing was Steph Curry and uh, the Ionusco, the, the three-point thing. I thought that was fantastic. I yep. think it's, it's just scratching the surface. I think that can really, really grow. I still like the contests. I, I, you know, the three-point contest is always exciting. Uh, the dunk contest, uh, I don't know. Guys are kind of knocking it, as you said. The main guys don't want to get in there. I, I can go back to when it started, you know, and Michael Jordan and Dominique and all those guys. And then we had the, the flair of Spud Webb. And uh, so, you know, I, I can understand that taking the side of the players that. They don't want to risk getting injured and uh, having some, they're out a long time. And so they're kind of just going out there and just playing. You know, there's not much defensive effort and uh, resistance. So it's not good looking. There's, there's no doubt about it. I think the league believes it. I think the players do. But I haven't heard anybody come up with a great answer, Kev. Yeah, I haven't heard a great answer either. And, you know, on the other side of the break, we'll get to some potential quote-unquote potential fixes to it uh, to make the all-star game a little more exciting but I, I do feel like we can all agree that there there has to look not asking them to pretend like it's game seven of a playoff series but it also can't be guys just jogging down the floor you know creating space for Nikola Jokic to to horrendously miss a reverse dunk at the end of the game and I mean like the 211 to 186 like that score like means absolutely nothing just because of the way it was played. I mean, it's fun to see the score go up, but you'd like to see it with a little more pace and a little more uh, some sort of effort. There has to like on a scale of zero to hundred. Not asking these guys to play at a hundred, but not asking these guys to play at zero either. Yeah, and Kev, you know, maybe is the idea of of the European guys playing the guys from the United States maybe. That would light a fire? I I don't know. I, I'm skeptical of that. But I, I'm going to make you chuckle because when uh, we, the Warrior staff, coached, uh, we were in Orlando, and uh, that was Magic Johnson's game coming back uh, from the HIV. And wow. uh, one of the most emotional things I've seen was Tim Hardaway giving his jersey to Magic and saying, you're starting, uh, not me. You deserve to start. And there were a few tears in the room. Well, I got to share with you, the day before, Nelly was so fired up about this, he had some guys taping for for was supposed to be just a jogger walkthrough. And he, he, with Magic having not played, he wanted everybody to break a sweat and get him feeling good and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And boy, I'll tell you what, it, it, it was an amazing day. And, you know, I, I've... Our family, MJ and Greg and Emily, I, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 of them. And uh, they always left a, a good feeling. You saw a lot of people around the league and, you know, the towns were all fired up. I'm really fired up for next year with the 
a team having it uh, here. And uh, let's hopefully it's not like the last time we had it where we had a lot heavier rains than we've had the last couple days in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's uh, much more sunny next All-Star weekend. That's for yeah. sure. Awesome story that you, you shared there about Tim Hardaway and, and Magic Johnson. That, that, that was just great to hear. Well, folks, celebrate Black History Month on Warriors Ground. Join us live at Chase Center on Thursday, February 22nd as the Warriors face the Los Angeles Lakers, presented by State Farm. All fans get a Warriors splash towel. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representative Standy by. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about All-Star Weekend and the All-Star Game itself and then we'll move into a very eventful last two days pre-all-star break for golden state you have that to look forward to on the other side of this break right here on 95.7 the game if you've just joined us don't worry we saved your seat sit down sit down sit down sit down at the warriors round table on 95.7 the game hurry behind the back wait stops it pops on the way ridiculous three on the white sideline Here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Chase Center hosts WCC rivals the University of San Francisco Dons and the Gonzaga Bulldogs on Thursday, February 29th. Get your tickets now at ChaseCenter.com. Welcome back to Warriors Roundtable. Taking your calls from now till 7 p.m. 888-957-9570. Again, that number 888-957-9570. Kevin Dana alongside Gary St. Jean. And let's continue along with the All-Star Weekend talk. And I'm curious, Gary, how big of an issue you think this is about the non-competitive nature of the All-Star game? Because to me, like, I, I, I suffer through the Sunday night. Like, it, it wasn't fun to watch. But I don't necessarily care all that much that the game isn't that good i but i this has become like a huge flashpoint you know for like two days on the nba calendar every year on the sunday and the and the monday after maybe the tuesday after or everyone talks about we need to change we need like the all-star game needs to be more competitive this that and the other thing like how big of an issue do you see it because i to me it's not super important because it doesn't count for anything in the standings. Like, at the end of the day, these guys are all very competitive when it matters most. Well, they are, and I don't think, like, raising the money would do it. Um, guys are making a heck of a living. But I, I do look at Larry Bird and Oscar Robertson with Reggie Miller before the game, and I'm seeing Bird sitting with Bill Walton, and you're seeing all the former great players there. And, uh, they must look at this and just shake their head. I, I, you know, how it came to this, I can't pinpoint it. But our game is so big now. Kev, you're on top of things. The ratings went way up from the year before. <laughs> yeah, People I heard just that. Want, yeah, they just want to see, even though they're not going full blast, they want to see LeBron. They want to see Steph. They want to see KD and Booker. They want to see the Joker, and they want to see Doncic. And, and that's where it's gotten to, that they just go out there and have a little run, make one pass, and shoot from 35 feet. And it looks to me like everybody's kind of happy. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I agree with you. The other games, the other sports, they got bigger problems, it, it, to me, especially football. 
And uh, so we'll see where it takes us. You know, you, you saw the look on Adam Silver's face. I, oh. There's going to be talks there between the Players Association and the league because, you know, it, it's a big deal. It, it's, the, it's the celebration of the NBA for the season. And, you know, we're, it, it's tremendous to have the game in your city. I mean, this will be... I remember we were staying in the city, Kevin. They blocked off two of the lanes from the city into into Oakland on the bridge, on the Bay Bridge. Oh, they, you know, it was raining cats and dogs. Yes, and, it was. And they did a great job at the Coliseum. They had this gigantic tent uh, to handle all the fun activities for, for the kids and stuff. But uh, it, it's a big to-do. It's, it's a big thing for each town that gets it. Every town wants to get it. Hey, Gary, it's funny you mentioned that because I was one of those kids who went to the did all those fun activities back in 2000. Did you really? I was I was 13 years old at the time, like Very all the shooting cool. games, I was all yeah. into it. And then I remember going home and watching the best slam dunk contest of all time, Vince Carter, what he did yeah. that I mean the just elbow. Said, Whew. Oh yeah, that that dunk is I mean it's incredible. <laughs> one of like three just mind blowing dunks he had. And let's talk a little bit about the slam dunk contest because it, it kind of continues along with this theme of just not being a whole lot of pizzazz around it anymore. And look, I love Mac McClung. You know, I heard someone saying all stars will never do it because they're afraid of it losing to a G leaguer. Yeah. I mean, to me that sounds like kind of a a, a frail mindset, right? These are alpha competitors. I, I I just I don't know how that sits with me, but like if that is the case, my response would be, come on. Yeah, I, I'm with you and Matt McClung. I mean I watched him play at Georgetown, he was darn solid scorer, excellent competitor. I didn't know if he had a great feel for distributing the ball and I thought defense laterally might have been suspect. But, uh, you know, he had a cup of coffee in the league and, you know, was with the Warriors, I think, in camp. Um, yep. You know, I was cheering for the guy. I said it was fantastic. He he did some great stuff, and I second your motion. I That's a bunch of baloney. And uh, I, I wish that some of the guys that are blessed with the hops would get in there. I, it, I, the, the, the other excuse that's used there is it just physically wears you out. You know, if you go a full three rounds and all that kind of thing, that it just, whew, those guys just have, I've heard in the past. And and also, <laughs> their arms and wrists are darn score from all that yeah. dunking. So, uh, but I, that's fun. I mean, I, hey, you know what, uh, who the heck wouldn't want to just go in their backyard on an eight-foot hoop and make them believe, you know, they're Carter or Dominique or whoever. I'd, so I, I hope that that picks up too. It, it, it's too good a contest and not have the some of the best guys in there so congrats to mac mcclung for winning back-to-back -back years and gary correct me if i'm wrong but i believe you and i called a mac mcclung golden state warriors summer league game a couple of years you know ago at did. chase center yeah he he was go. he was one of two summer league trades i have ever seen in the decade plus i've been going to summer league he went he started that summer league at chase center with the LA Lakers and played two games and then his third game he played with the Golden State Warriors it was kind of funny to see uh, but look I get up seeing G-leaguers competing it because I've been in the G-league for 12 years and I love that league but the average fan probably couldn't care less and it needs stars and my hope next year in San Francisco like personally as a fan 
I would love to see Jonathan Kaminga do it. Now, he told us his rookie year, get this, Gary, he told us his rookie year he was too old to do the slam dunk contest. Uh, I think he was joking with us uh, because obviously he was 18 at the time he made that comment. But, uh, look, I, I, I think he would be fun to see. And, and at some level, it just needs, like, at least I mean, it was cool to, uh, hats off to Jalen Brown, I guess, for participating, even though the, the dunks were not that good. But it just needs players that normal, like, casual fans recognize. Uh, I, I think you're spot on. And uh, maybe we'll help push the the charge, the top Kaminga in the doing it. My gosh, everybody would go crazy watching him. And uh, maybe we fly Jason Richardson in to coach him. And... Uh, off you go. I know when Jason won those back-to-back. -back. You know what's really cool, Kev, to watch the dunk contest? Watch the guys sitting on or behind the bench, the players. Yeah. And when you nail one of those, those guys go crazy. They do. And and, and, and it's the same thing with the three-point contest when they were watching. What, what's uh, Ionusco's first name? Uh, Sabrina. Sabrina Ionescu. Sabrina. And so when they're watching her, they're all looking at Steph, and they're saying, oh, boy, man, you got the heat on now. And, yeah. of course, he stepped up in a great way. Uh, but the players that are, that are there for the weekend, for whatever reason, playing or whatever, they love it. Uh, so you know what? There, there is that, that passion that's, that's still really there. And uh, I, I don't know. Maybe we can... Kev, well, well, you and I, will, maybe that'll be something we have to talk about hard and long. Yeah, I mean, do, do any ideas come to mind for you? You know, is it is it good that they're using Shaq and jumping over him? Uh, I, I don't know if that's a positive. I, we had somebody one year trying to jump over a car. Uh, oh, yeah, Blake Griffin. The that's Kia. what it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I I'm going to tell you something. I, I really, really enjoy watching it. And uh, Jay Rich, boy, he got a lot of accolades when he did that. I mean, he was a high flyer, you know, just like uh, Vince Carter and those guys. And, you know, guys around the league, you know, they, they give you a fist, man. Hey, great job. You know, you were awesome. Yeah. So uh, the, le the league, one of the best things about the NBA is the NBA office and Adam Silver and the relationship with the Players Association. It's not us against them. They're trying to work together. And they'll, they're going to work out, uh, you know, they worked out a contract with players in the league. They're going to get a terrific TV deal. We're going to see expansion in the future. But this is a thorn in the side for the league. And it, they're going to work together, and they've got to come up with some kind of answers here because, because it's... It's too darn good a weekend to have it, you know, people saying, oh, geez, these guys are going about, you know, two miles an hour. This isn't good. So we'll see. Oh, Jay Rich, he should have won it three years in a row. I, I, I yes, remember. Yeah, that's I right, mean, Jeff. That's the, the, that's the one thing I remember about that. Uh, I, I guess it would have been the 2004 slam dunk contest. All he needed to do was just, like, do some simple dunk, and he would have yep. beat Fred Jones. But he had, like, some professionalism about him. He wanted to put on a show for the fans, and instead of doing an easy dunk, he tried to, you know, really cock one back, and uh, he missed the dunk, and that's why he didn't win the contest. But, I mean, oh, I, I have a Jason Richardson I Am Slam poster in my, in my parents' in the bedroom that 
that I have I in my it. parents' house still uh, up I to this it. day. But but I, I do want to end, like I said, a compliment sandwich on the All-Star Weekend. We started with yep. the Steph Fabrina talk. Uh, it, we talked about the bad stuff. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Basketball Without Borders because this is probably the most competitive oh, games that are going to be played all weekend. This year's 2025 yeah. NBA draft class kids. So kids who were born in 2006. I did the games for the NBA app. And there have been some really good guys, Gary, to come out of this. I mean, Lowry Markinen, Jamal Murray, Pascal Siakam, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. There's been more than 100 NBA players who have come out of basketball without borders. 40 current guys. And I'm going to give you a couple names to remember this year. Kamon Malawak and Noah Isenge. I think both these guys are, are potential lottery picks. I'm looking forward to watching their futures. Now, Kev, where are they from? So, Kamon Malawak is from South Sudan. He helped South Sudan qualify for their first ever Olympics in Paris 2024. I saw him at the 2022 G League Showcase when he was 16 years old. I saw him get six blocks and hit three threes in the same game. So, he's you know been on my radar for a while. Yeah. And then Noah Senge... Yeah, you know yeah. Go ahead. So, I was going to say, Noah Senge is from France, and they're putting a lot of good talent out of that country recently. I mean, obviously, Victor Wemp and Yama. There could be the top two picks in this year's draft could both be from France, and Alex R. is Zachary yes. Risache. And Senge in 2025, watch out for him. And, Kev, get, give me 10 seconds. I, I just got to yeah. sing the praises of Sabrina Ionusco. Yeah. Wasn't Didn't she speak? Not only did she shoot fantastic, but yep. I loved her poise and her message. She yep. was fantastic. I, I I sat there and I said, I said, how the heck old is she? I mean, she <laughs> had it together. She was, she was really, really special. And and I think she's going to be a big reason why this thing uh, grows and gets better. So kudos to her, an East Bay girl. Great job. Yep. Yeah, it, it really could add something really exciting to all-star games going forward WNBA all-star games and nba all-star games if you get the best shooters from the nba and the best shooters from the WNBA, have them do some sort of competition i i am all for that so let let's go be back before all-star weekend talk about the wednesday and thursday that was for golden state because Boy, was it eventful and we'll start with the more recent game the win over utah that they really Tried to give away, uh, nearly blowing an 18-point fourth-quarter lead, 140 to 137. I did the game. It was just, a, it was a heck of a game to call. Let me tell you that. But the the big story: Clay Thompson coming off the bench for the first time since. 2012, I believe March 11, 2012, it was 727 consecutive starts that Clay had, and, and his third quarter. Man, a reminder that he could go off at any time. He had 35 points in the win. And, I, I mean, it wasn't something that I necessarily expected. I'm not sure that anyone really expected it. I did see Steve talking to Clay after the team meeting that afternoon. I wasn't close enough. I couldn't hear what they were saying. But they walked out of the team meeting together. And uh, I, I just thought, you know, I'm not at a lot of these road trips or whatever. So I thought it was just a normal conversation. But perhaps they were further discussing Clay's uh, move to the bench in that game. But, boy, did he respond, Saint. Oh, he was fantastic. And, you know, you probably heard, as I did, uh, his post-game discussion about the yep. conversation with Steve. And I'm going to tell you again, that that's a big part of the coach's uh, resume. Not yep. It's not just the X and O's. 
It's about the relationship and helping the players uh, maximize their potential. And you know, it's it's everyone we've all watched. Uh, it hasn't been an easy ride for Clay, but to hear him speak after the game, you know, he he was just at peace. Um, not having to force shots, just play, uh, just talking about Steve and their career and, you know, winning four championships and, you know, to enjoy this and uh, help the young guys and all that kind of stuff. And it just made me smile. I, I thought it was absolutely terrific. Yeah, no, I mean, it was some great stuff from him, talking about Manu Ginobili and how no one's really going to care about whether he started or came off the bench. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, so, like, stuff like that. And, and really, uh, the the other upside of it, inserting Brandon Pajemski into the starting lineup. So, in 107 minutes, that starting five unit, they've played together 107 minutes this year. Steph Pods, Wiggins, Kaminga, Draymond, plus 57 in 107 minutes. It, 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 it feels like, and that's still a small sample size, that's a little more than two games, but it feels like perhaps the Warriors found something with that starting unit. Well, you and I chatted last week, and I thought they found something with uh, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Green up front. Yep. And uh, Clay starting. So Podzimski coming in there. I, I'm still I'm marveling at, at what he's getting done. I have uh, so much respect for that young guy. He, uh, he, you know, he may not be the most talented guy out there, but he's a smart young player. He competes, and he really has a high basketball IQ. Uh, and you know what? The ultimate praise you can give him is Steve Kerr. He's, he's got the respect of all of his teammates, and he's got the respect of all of the coaching staff. Uh, heck, he's even probably taking charges in these uh, these all-star games. He, he just doesn't <laughs> know any other way to play. And, uh, you know, I was kidding earlier in the week that everybody in the NBA better make a trip down to Santa Clara. You better check them out every year. And uh, one of my buddies said there's a good big guy there. Well, you look at Williams a couple years ago, He's yep. shining, shining at OKC. Yeah. And now this young guy, th this is great stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know why you're, you're on top of it. Why won't he make the all-rookie team? He, he's got it going. He's doing a great job. Yeah, it, it's going to be very hard to find five rookies or ten rookies of his second team that are having better rookie seasons than Brandon Pajemski. I mean, obviously, what Victor Wembanyama, Chet Holmgren are doing this year, Brandon Miller's had a really nice rookie season. Then after that, I mean, the Thompson Twins have had their moments, and, and Scoot Henderson's been up and down this year. It, it's t Derek Lively's been good with the Dallas Mavericks, but just the consistency that, that Pods has provided, and, and he had the 25-point game against the Clippers, now, didn't score as much against the Utah Jazz, but he, he's, he is really fit right in there was actually a story uh, that was yeah, put but you know uh, what I'm, I'm yeah i'm doing to you right now okay you can't yep. see me i'm doing my mutambo finger <laughs> no don't no bring no that. don't bring don't bring those thompson guys and these other okay miller's having a nice year and, the, and those two big guys but to, to all those other guys you talked about nice young rookies bright futures <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not getting it done like this guy. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put a yeah. I'm gonna put a triple exclamation point on it. That entry pass from side out of bounds. Oh man! Who the heck has a rookie throw yeah. that pass? 
I mean, it's underrated, the difficulty of entering the ball late game in the NBA. You've got to be counting in your head, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. How many timeouts do I get? What's the first option? What's the second option if they take away the first? And this guy just bullets a bounce pass two-thirds of the way across the court. Perfect timing for yeah. Steph to catch that, turn around, and beat the Suns. I, I looked at that three times. And, it, yeah, Steph made the shot, and it was some, a good screen for Steph. But that pass, oh, man, if you love the game, you just got excited about that pass. Yeah, no, it, it was an incredible, incredible pass. And to, to more about kind of Pods' moxie, there is a story that came out today from Anthony Slater. I, I was reading it before we went on the air. Where they were having, it, this was like, I think, second game of the season because Draymond was just working his way back from injury. And so they were doing some scrimmages in practice and playing some games to get Draymond up to speed. And, you know, Draymond turned it over and his team lost a scrimmage. Pods was on his team. And Pods is like yelling at him, like, you, we can't have that turnover if we want to win. And it's like, what did he rookie? really? Yeah, yeah, like what rookie would talk like that to Draymond Green? Draymond appreciated it. He's like, now you, you better talk like that all the time. But he kind of took a step back. He's like, oh, okay, oh, he's it. about it. I love it. That's fantastic. You, you love hearing that stuff. Yeah, That's no, great. yeah, you know, you really do. And, you know, Draymond had a really good game against Utah, 23 points. He's had a really good offensive season this year. But yeah. kind of the wild stat. He hasn't hit a three in the second half of any game all year. For as many threes as he's hit, they've all been in the first half. Just uh, kind of tough to wrap your head around. Well, you went to Stanford, not me, so you should have some kind of an answer for that. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I don't. For the life of me, does he take uh, an equal amount of shots in the second half? I mean, early, you know, I, I'm not letting the cat out of the bag here. They're, they're going to sag off, and they want him to shoot. They're trying to take away the drive. They're very aware of him changing sides of the floor, screening away. They're, yeah. they're concerned about his dribble handoff, and they know once a game, once a game, he's going to do it where he fakes the handoff to Steph, and he's going to drive all the way to the basket. Yep. And, uh, and that's pretty simple. But yet, I, I love the way he's knocking him down. He, he looks confident. Maybe maybe just he's got a, a better outlook on the game. And he's, he's, maybe he's a little bit more relaxed. But he's, uh, he's done a great job with those. And that definitely makes the defense come out. You know what that does? It makes the coach sweat a little bit. Because yeah. he's looking at his players. I told you guys, stay off him. He's got to make two or three. Now he makes two. So now you're the coach, and the players are looking over at you. You want us to get up on him, and you say no. And now you're sweating. And now he <laughs> makes a third one. All right, timeout. we got to change our whole defensive game plan. So yeah. <laughs> he's, and he's done a great job, whether they've been big fives, small fives, guarding them. Uh, you know, he's been the catalyst for me on the defense. And on offense, he's... Uh, you know, he's, he does such a great job for uh, for Steph, you know, finding him good looks. Yep, 
Yeah, it just his offense has always been underrated because he doesn't score a ton. I mean, there was that one year he scored 14 points per game in the 2015-16 season, but they haven't needed his scoring per se, but he is still very important to that offense. And it was a really impressive win. Try as they might to give it away, Layton. They probably would have given it away if John Collins didn't throw it out into the sixth row when he was trying to look for Colin Sexton on the wing. Uh, closing game still an issue for this team, as we saw over these last two games. But it was a really impressive win considering this team got into the hotel at 3.30 a.m. I didn't fall asleep. I didn't go to bed until 4 a.m. And they're coming off a horrendous loss. The Clippers, you're up nine in the fourth quarter. Ty Lue gets ejected after Plumlee gets hit with a flagrant foul. Kawhi isn't playing. Paul George fouls out. You're up. You bump the lead up to 12, and you still lose. And I hate to play the what-if game, Saint. But had they held on, they beat Utah. They're looking at heading into the All-Star break with all the momentum in the world, a seven-game win streak, and three games above 500. Now, let me tell you how NBA coaches and players look at things there. Right away, you say, oh, gosh, we play Utah twice within three days. Winning the second game of that little duo is difficult. You're going there, high altitude, you just beat them. Now, they've been struggling lately. They've had a great run there. Done a, Hardy's done a great job with that team. I think their backcourt is uh, subpar, but their front line I love. And you say, oh, boy, this is going to be tough, but they get it. When you look at that Clipper game and you're playing at home and now Leonard's not playing, oh, boy, you're just licking your chops. You're just all excited. Yeah. And yeah. then, like you said, George falls out, and you think, wow, we got a great chance to get this. We're up nine. And, uh, you know, it just uh, the, the bottom fell out. And it was a tough one. But I can't, I can't let that take away from how well they've been playing. And uh, they deserve a lot of praise. And I think, as I keep saying, just hug and cherish what Steph is doing. Now, they've got a little three-game set here at home. And I, I love to look at the NBA schedule. And if you ask me today for them to get up to seven or six will be tough to do but they can do it. Uh, somebody up there is going to fall down. But right now you think they might play the Lakers in the play-in, you know, 9-10. And uh, so this this is going to be a great last, what, 30, 35 games because the West is, you know, those top four are jockeying for position there. Then you got yep. the next four with with Phoenix and the Kings and, uh, you know, and uh, uh, let's see, who else is in there? Uh, that, that's going to be a great race for those four spots. Oh, the Pelicans. So, Pelicans. And this, this is great, man. Every game is big. Yep, yep, it sure is. And folks, don't miss African American Heritage Night on Warriors Ground. Join us live at Chase Center on Friday, February 23rd as the Warriors take on Seth Curry and the Charlotte Hornets, presented by NBC Sports. Get your tickets now at Warriors.com or call 888 GSW Hoop. Representatives are standing by. We'll take one more break. When we come back, taking your calls, 888 957 9570, and taking a look ahead to this three game homestand out of the All Star break right here on 957 The Game. Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. If everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable has returned on 95.7 The Game. Knocked it down straight out for about 28 feet. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. The post All Star break push begins Thursday night at Chase Center 
against the L.A. Lakers on air at 6.30 p.m. with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert. Tipping at 7, that game presented by State Farm. Back end of a home, back-to-back against the Charlotte Hornets the next night on Friday, 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. Tip time presented by NBC Sports. The homestand concludes Sunday at 4 p.m., 3.30 on the air, presented by Starry. Then cancel Christmas, folks. I'll be on the road trip to the East Coast. It begins in the nation's capital Tuesday at the Wizards, February 27th, 3.30 airtime, 4 p.m. tip time. And then the road trip continues to the Garden, Madison Square Garden, Thursday, February 29th, playing on the leap year day against the New York Knicks, 4 p.m. airtime, 4.30 tip time, right here on 95-7 the game. So, Gary, let's uh, take a look at the most immediate opponents. The Lakers coming to town, winners of three in a row, 30-26. and 26. Great game last time they played, 145-144. The two-overtime thriller looked like Steph had won it for Golden State, but then LeBron gets to the line, hits two clutch free throws, and look, you, you kind of touched on it, Gary. There is a decent likelihood... Uh, some proportion that this is the 9-10 play-in game where these two teams will have to scrap to get one more chance to get into the playoffs. I mean, how wild would that be for Steph and LeBron to play each other in the 9-10 game? You know, I, I think you'd agree with me that Laker game and then the Phoenix Sun game, those were the two best home games of the year. Yep. And uh, in my mind. And, uh, Look, when LeBron and Davis come, they're, they're going to play at a just a slower pace. They want dribble penetration. They want Davis to have paint touches, protect the rim, and uh, they'll run only on opportunities. Whereas the Warriors be, are a smaller team. So now you, what you really want to focus on is when you play them with Russell and uh, Reeves, they don't have somebody... Now, maybe Dinwiddie can do a little bit, but they don't have anybody to guard Steph in my book. But the key matchup in the game, we got to watch uh, Davis and Draymond. That That's yep. going to be really something. And that that's a tough one for him. He's so darn long. So, yes. you know, he has periods or, of games or, or whole games where he disappears. Then other games, he's you know, he's all world. So that that's a tough game. The Dinwiddie pickup is good for them. Russell's been good for them the last month. Uh, you, LeBron's LeBron, and the, you know Hashimura's playing better lately. You know they've got all these guys that have been really playing subpar, and uh, you know they've they've been playing better. So that's going to be a heck of a game. And they really have a chance to to move up in the standings past the Lakers. Right now, the Lakers are ninth and the Warriors are 10th, and that's why I mentioned that this could be the 9-10 playing game. But they're even in the loss column with the Lakers, and they play them three more times. So there, there is a real chance, if they can get two of the next three against the Lakers, that they can move ahead of at least Los Angeles and at least try to host one playing game as you try to move up the standings as much as possible here. Yeah. Yeah, you've said it all along, Kev. When you get in those playoff uh, playing games, that's like the NCAA tournament. Yep. You know, ba boom, you're done. You know, pack yeah. your bags, go on home. And uh, so these are three big games. Get some separation from the Lakers. Put some heat on those teams. One of those teams is going to fall back. I don't know which one it's going to be. 
But if you could move up to seven, don't you get a home game then? Yeah, and, you, uh, you, you would get two home games if you lost the first one. Yeah. Me, yeah, that's huge. I don't know if it's New Orleans or the Kings, who's going to come down a little bit, but take care of your own business. And uh, you, we for, fast forward to Charlotte. Steph's brother comes in, I believe. Yep. And um, give them credit. They've won three in a row. I've always been a fan of Steve Clifford. Mitch Kupchak's an old friend of mine. He's going to move in a consultant role, so they've got new ownership there, and that's going to be uh, turning over there. You uh, you mentioned Miller, and uh, you know uh, Bridges has played well, and so you know it's uh, you can't take them for granted either. And then the Denver game—that's a national TV game, I think—and uh, that's that's just a tremendous matchup. But you are at home, so you know, hey, come on, you got to step up and get this done. Yeah, the Warriors are 14 and 14 at home this year. It's kind of flip where last year they couldn't win on the road and they were unstoppable at home. They went 33 and 8 at home. Well, they can't go 33 and 8 this year, but they have a winning road record. They're 13 and 12 as opposed to 14 and 14, 13 and 12 on the road, 14 and 14 at home. And at some point, they're going to have to sweep these home stands. And look, you mentioned it, Charlotte, they're playing well. They're 13 and 41, but they've won three in a row. And they won at Sacramento earlier this year. They, you know, they've snuck up on teams. They blew out the Hawks by 23 in their last game before the All-Star break. And then, you know, obviously, we don't need to say much about the Nuggets. They are the defending NBA champions. They have... Uh, it's been three close battles with Denver, but Golden State has lost all three of them. Uh, they're, they're due to beat Denver. Well, let's add that as our third game. Beside the Suns, Lakers, that Denver last game where Joker banked it in. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the top three. Uh, Kev, I'm, I'm going to say this. They're a little vulnerable because I just don't think they're trying to incorporate these young guys. Uh, and I don't think they've stepped up to the level that they hoped they would. You could argue when they're healthy, they, them and Boston have the two best starting lineups in the entire league. Um, yeah. And, you know, Joker's Joker, and uh, we, we always look at Porter's beautiful shot. We love Gor Gordon's tough, hard-nosed play. And, uh, you know, so it's a team, a big key for them is Murray. Um, yeah, he, you know, he's, he's so important. And, you know, then I look at, like, look at, uh, you know what KCP is? That guy is a winner. Yep. He, he's a stone-cold winner. And uh, yeah. Greg coached, my son Greg coached him you know, with the Lakers, and he said he could care less about statistics. All he wants to win, do is win. Uh, and he's won two NBA championships now, one with the Nuggets and one with the Lakers. Yes, back, he has. Back with Greg yeah. in, in 2020. So it, that that's the three-game homestand. Then it's a four-game road trip. D.C., Knicks, Raptors, Celtics, that gets them to 60 games on the dot. And my goal for the team, and I want to hear what your goal is, Saint, is for them to come home from the East Coast trip at 32 and 28. That means they go 5 and 2 in their next 7. You could say 2 and 1 on the homestand, 3 and 1 on the road trip, or it really, you would like to sweep that homestand. And you have two really winnable games on that road trip with the Wizards and the Raptors, and they owe the Raptors. Toronto just manhandled Golden State here at home earlier this year. So, it, it, and then maybe you try to split Boston and Knicks. But to me, five and two in the next seven gets you to thirty-two and twenty-eight, and that probably gets you up to ninth at the very least, or, or gets you certainly much closer to the Lakers. 
great breakdown and I think people laugh at you and me and our optimism you know we keep planning these road trips where they're gonna take care of business they're gonna win the next three well you know they should win in Washington uh, but then you got the Knicks and I don't know who's gonna be playing you know, yeah, uh, that's true. you know, Anunoby when he comes back, he's been magnificent for them. In the meantime, Achua's doing a good job. The center position, Hartenstein's doing well, but uh, I don't know when Randall comes back. So if the Knicks are healthy, that's a really, really tough game. That the Garden right now is jumping like the old days, and uh, you know the other two. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they really could get this. Then they owe Toronto. You're you're exactly right. And they've given away like three pieces, so uh, you know they're just riding it out. And they can they can definitely get a win up there. And you know, there's a lot of history playing them in the finals years ago. Yep, that's for sure. Well, that will do it for us tonight, folks. We have run out of time. Big thank you to Mark Grandy behind the glass running the show for us in our San Francisco studios. Big thank you to Marika Cleto and R.C. Davis and James Kincaid on the Warriors side of things. For Gary, I'm Kevin Sane. So long. We will talk to you next week right here on 95.7 The Game. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry breaks it through. One hand free. Up and good. The exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That playful and nailed it. 95.7 The Game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.